You're listening to The Griffin's Nest, a podcast on all things futsal. Okay, hello to The Griffin's Nest. Today, me, Liam and James are riding solo today. We've got no sort of special guests on because we wanted to talk about the return to play and sort of particularly for us as a club at Bedford Futsal. Um, the, the government guidelines have said we can return to outdoor training from the 29th of March. So in typical Bedford Futsal fashion, we are returning to outdoor training on exactly the 29th of March because it's as soon as we can and we want to go and train. Now, Liam, do you want to talk about the, the facility we used to train in all its glory? Uh, yeah, it's definitely one way of putting it. We we learned to love it as we got used to it throughout the whichever lockdown kind of segment we went through the last time around in the outdoor training kind of element of it. I know we did we worked really hard, didn't we, throughout the summer, uh, putting a lot of things in place, a lot of work with Sean, uh, a lot of work with Malk and kind of us as players as well, just to use the, well, originally we used a hard court down in Wooten in Bedford, so probably quite very few people will actually know the area, I guess, that, that are listening to this. But uh, just in a village in in Bedford, we used the yeah, the tarmac court, which, as a goalkeeper, I can't say I enjoyed that much. But um, <laughs> everyone was kind of wrecking efforts our shoes using it, and um, luckily we kind of progressed from there, didn't we? We went on to the the hockey astro within a cage right next to the skate park, which was um, uh, a kind of back to the streets feel, if you like. Um, it's kind of sweeping glass off the court and. Um, trying to squeeze Samba goals into those kind of box goals that we had, but it did work in the end. And considering the surface and a lot of the times the adverse weather conditions, I think we got pretty used to it, didn't we? Yeah, and what I think was really interesting is a couple of weeks you turn up and our biggest issue was crashed, uh, smushed up Pringles all over the yeah. court. And we sort of turn up and go, like, what are these? Like, It's obviously kids have been on there and doing what kids do when we were younger. I'm not sure I quite smashed Pringles on the court, but probably up to similar sort of mischief. But I like what you said, Liam, about the the back to the streets kind of feel. It very much was like that. And often we didn't get to put the goal in because of the, the faff of getting it in through the, the the gap that we had to squeeze through to play. Yeah, um, through the back of the goals. So the cage had like a, a metal goal, but where the, the goal was, there was a small like indent. So there was always or often a debate about whether it hit the post or whether it hit the indent on the fence. But made it all the more interesting. Um, I know, James, you were on the receiving end of a couple of my uh, famous challenges on that, that AstroTurf. <laughs> um, how was it in comparison to falling on a classic futsal wooden court compared to that? Yeah, I think I was I was one of many who was um, who was on the receiving end. I don't think many people weren't on the receiving end. Carl, if I'm honest, I think I've had a few conversations with people about those those challenges because you know, especially on that kind of softer surface, it's not too bad. Obviously, on that kind of softer surface, it's it's quite nice. To be fair, it's obviously not ideal with that kind of astro turf. As soon as it gets wet. Um, you know, it's slippy, but uh, it, it does the trick, really. I think we've talked about, uh, and we'll probably go on to talk about the kind of Westways, um, the league and that kind of surface. It's, it's all kind of the same. As soon as as soon as soon that surface gets wet, uh, it's kind of, <laughs> we're on the ropes, really. But, but you know, it, it's, it's the best we can get at the minute in terms of training. As you mentioned, going, going back on the 29th, you know, we're all excited to go back and get training, just get balls moving. And that's the most important thing, really, I think, for everyone kind of getting back into the rhythm of things, get the balls moving on a, on a half-decent surface ready for us to, to go back indoors. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, um, I went and did a one-to-one with, uh, with Skipper Jack Stammers. It must have been 
oh, however long ago, earlier this month. And um, for the first, I would say, 15 to 20 minutes, neither one of us could pass the ball straight nor bring it under control. <laughs> now, before you jump in and joke about it, no, I don't usually pass it straight nor bring it under control first try. So I'm going to beat you to the <laughs> beat you to the blow with that one. Um, and Stammers, as we know, likes to put his head back down, kick it in front of him and just sprint after it like a madman. So we were probably practising for our usual game, let's be honest. But it was honestly absolutely baffling to the pair of us that for 15, 20 minutes, we really just couldn't do anything because it'd been so long since we'd actually kind of actively tried to get touches on a ball, pass it back and forth, use both both feet. And I'm glad we stuck it out, to be honest, because after about an hour, we were both sweating. We'd done loads of different drills. Um, like I said, so kind of comparing the courts, like Jane alluded to a little bit, Westway was great when we played down there uh, for the Save Futsal event. It was it was really good and like uh, I think it was really grippy for the players, particularly the outfielders. I mean, for the goalkeepers, it wasn't very much. It wasn't a soft impact when you went down, so you had to make sure your knee pads were really in the right place. Because well, that's the thing, Liam. I've still it, I've still got scars on my knees from that Westway Westway's court fall. Yeah, absolutely. Bad. I've got like, two big scars on my knees where I got absolutely destroyed kind of <laughs> and fell onto my knees and I've got I was had like blood dripping down yeah it was an I idea yeah yeah not it's not pretty I remember seeing you in KFC afterwards with just blood pouring down your leg <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very flattering was it <laughs> yeah so I think yeah the Astro was definitely yeah softer impact than that and I think obviously we still we played against Reading didn't we in a friendly down at their place and they they kind of took on the same sort of theory of going onto a sand astro and using hockey goals, I think they were using, which obviously mm. the same size, so it was fine. Um, so, yeah, any clubs that are thinking about kind of their options, hardcore would be absolutely fine. Just goalkeepers, kind of one, beware, and two, just don't don't hurt yourself, to please. Like, don't yeah. think it's a great idea to kind of go into your split saves and dive around on the tarmac, because it really isn't. Um, but, yeah, if, if there are any clubs that are kind of thinking about what their options are, I think... Anything Astro, I mean, even a 3G would work, wouldn't it, really, if you if it's dry enough and you really just need to get touches on the ball and get back used to it, because it will take some time. Because I know we're all dying to play and get back to training and um, games and such, but, yeah, we need to try and keep the standards high as well. So I think there's mm. going to be a bit of a healthy balance, isn't there, with return to play? Yeah, and with the return to play, one of the things that we found quite amusing was that everyone's sort of footwear slowly changed everyone initially came with the classic futsal shoes and because uh, it was wet, it just ended up with uh, lots of banana skin moments, people falling over all over the shop. And then uh, one week, Sean turned up with his unbelievable kipsters that he, he purchased oh and started a bit of a trend and a couple of other players jumped on the, the kipster bandwagon. I'm happily and glad to say I did not jump on the bandwagon and used some different AstroTurfs. But um, playing in Astros is slightly different to playing with, with your futsal shoes and all those little adaptations are... The things that we do just to play we'd all take playing on whatever we just want to get back to playing and if that means wearing some dodgy kipsters or dodgy astros then we're we're all for it now in terms of what we're going to be doing we're we've obviously seen uh the premier league the futsal premier league's been massively sort of broadcast it looks really 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 good um, but it's not something we can commit to as a club um purely just because of the financial implications really as where we are currently are as i said that's quite um quite hard as a club, we obviously rely a lot on sort of youth bits and bobs as a bit of like a, not an income, but the money from that often is recycled around the club. And then our money from the revenue from host days is recycled into the youth. It's sort of like a loop, really. Um, 
and that loop's been massively broken by coronavirus. So that looks like a really good event and one of the things that looks really positive. And I've also seen lots of these uh, grants, pardon the pun, James, on your surname, given by the National Football <laughs> League to uh, get football back up and running as well. I've seen, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I know Reading Royals have had one at Accepted um, and a couple of other clubs have as well. I've seen Carlisle have been talking about it. So it's good to see clubs are, are getting back on. And one of the things we're going to look to do is just play like one-off friendlies or triads until the NFS returns, which is due to return um, after May 17th or not long after, which is good. I'm glad the league have said it. And it's not, an, you don't have to do it if you're part of the league, which is also a good option because you're going to have teams that are sort of wary of coronavirus and stuff, which I totally understand. Um, thankfully, as a club, we're happy to play. We're dying to play. So when the NFS comes around, we're looking to make sure we have friendlies ready to get involved in that. Um, the format hasn't been exactly decided yet because obviously that will depend on teams. But in an ideal world, Liam, what format would you like to see from the NFS when they go back? What would be like your dream scenario for like a six-week, eight-week set of games? Well, yeah, uh, it's it's difficult. Like you say, a lot of people, a lot of clubs and uh, members kind of throughout the Futsal family will be will be weary. And I think that, I mean, everybody has every right to. Hopefully the vaccination rollout is good enough that we feel as safe as possible. So I think that's, um, that's kind of desire number one, is that there's no concern uh, in terms of... Um, contracting the virus or spreading it or anything like that obviously sanitizer stations are going to be set up everywhere for the foreseeable so that's good um that that is kind of first and foremost really just the safety of the players and staff and club members and everybody kind of involved um we kind of spoke about it before we started recording didn't we just about um obviously some places like ourselves are going to find it difficult to get their venues ready with testing stations or vaccination stations um prior to actually being able to kind of use it as externals, you know, like for us, for example, with the Uni of Bedfordshire. So I, th I think not necessarily a central venue, but maybe two or three venues that are used if people have access to them. Um, obviously, if everybody needs to chip in or if the NFS are going to be doing that financially, then obviously we work it out as we go along. But just just games on a, on a hard court, uh, on an actual hardwood floor um, with, with the rules, with the refs, with no questions as to what post it's hit because we're playing within a metal cage <laughs> it just needs to be as as proper as we can make it while making sure everybody's safe and and whatnot but yeah I just I just want to play some games even if it means getting battered by Genesis again or um, just anything I can't wait to get hit in the face by Claudio Ribeiro that's a dream that is and it's it's weird to say that you're looking forward to that to happen but we are all looking forward to those things I'm looking forward to being smashed in a tackle or smashing someone in a tackle or trying to run past someone and being too slow to run past someone or any of those things. It's <laughs> we're, we're dreaming of those moments. Um, James, what have you sort of been up to yourself in terms of keeping yourself fit in the build-up to return to play? And I've asked you specifically because I do kind of know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little, little bits and bobs, really. Just well, to be fair, I'll start off with um, kind of club-wise. I know right at the start of um, lockdown, the very first lockdown, I know the club as a club, we kind of did a fitness plan, didn't we? We kind of, this was, I think we, we kind of planned it out thinking that we would return to play a lot, a lot earlier. <laughs> so I can't remember Carl. So I think, I think it was, I don't know how many, it was a couple of months, wasn't it? That we did yeah. this fitness plan. Uh, we, we were sent a, a fitness plan, kind of a, a futsal specific one. So it had lots of different kind of uh, running exercises, uh, kind of uh, body weight exercises, um, a lot of sprinting as well. I know a lot of us, a lot of us did it. 
a lot of us kind of ended up kind of getting quite injured from it as well because it was very intense. Was. Um, so, so yeah, Liam, I know you did it. Carl, you did it as well. And um, I know a lot of us kept up the running. Uh, for me personally, I've been doing a kind of a lot of uh, individual training, kind of one-on-one training with with uh, Sean over the last few months. Uh, we live kind of locally, so that's quite useful. Um, and yeah, just kind of keeping keeping touches on the ball, really keeping moving, uh, ready for when we get started again. I think that's the most important part, and I think that's what everyone's looking to do with the kind of return of play, especially outdoors, because I think that's what everyone wants, just to get moving and get ready for the actual start of the season. I think that's going to be a, a huge thing, uh, ready for when we start again. And um, I think, uh, as I mentioned, I think we're all really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it, to to want to keep that kind of motivation going and you stay fit for your, not just for your own well-being, but with um, any form of return to play in mind because you don't want to get to the 29th of March, like we said before, and just collapse after 10, 15 minutes or pull a hammy or um, just any of those sort of things. I think one thing we're definitely going to have to focus on in that first session back, both men and women's, because we're all returning, aren't we? Uh, we're doing like a double training session over at the cage. Yeah. Um, just really good warm-ups really good warm-ups and make sure there's plenty of foam rollers knocking around for people, plenty of deep heat. (laughs) I think, I think that's the thing we need to be careful with. And I've, I've, you know, had discussions about as well is everyone will keen, will be keen to play, but we need to be careful. And I think it'll be the same with most teams. You're not going in too fast. It's not about playing straight away, you know, full pelt, because as we said, not everyone's going to have, would have been training, would have been keeping fit. Uh, you know, you know, you don't want to be playing straight away and then having hamstrings pinging and and so on. You know, I think it'll it'll be a slow and steady process, as, as frustrating it as it might be. It might have mm. to be a bit of a slower process in terms of getting to play. Uh, you know, having a couple of light ones to start with, and then we can start looking into to playing, having an intense intense session. Because I know, Carl, you're we're looking into kind of having a kind of uh, intra kind of squad kind of friendly or so with uh, with our first couple of training sessions back. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking to have, I think, an in-house sort of game on that first weekend um, that we're allowed to do it. Um, And then sort of continuing to do a couple more of those because obviously if you can't play against other people, playing against ourselves is perfect because it sort of, it does two things really. It gives you all a sense of getting back together and playing, but also it has a little bit of competition. People always say, and I've taken, I listened to Peter Crouch's podcast the other day and it was quite interesting. He was saying when players are playing in your position and you hear them on like the radio and stuff, they always say, I hope the best for them all that kind of stuff. But really, you don't actually want them to do well. You want the team to do well, but you don't want that person to do well because you want to play. Um, so Liam, for being a goalkeeper, and me, James, being outfielders, we'll see someone playing where we like to play. And we want the team to win, but you'll think, oh, I want to play. So that competitiveness is massive. And I'm happy to admit that on the thing. We want to win as a team. And I'm not saying I don't want the back people in the team to play well. But at the same time, if they're playing better than me, I'm not going to play. So that gives me a bit of motivation to go, right, I need to play better and I need to do what I can to to be the best, to get more minutes on the court for that position. Um, talking about the fitness thing, James, is quite interesting. We've been sort of doing our our run from Pole Hill to Zagreb, which is going quite well. We've sort of got 300-ish miles to go. Um, plug it, fund it, crowdfunder, get involved on all the social media. Um, that is, it's going to be massive, the different fitness levels. For example, I know like Ryan and our team, he did not go for a run for love nor money. He doesn't want to go for a run. He will not do it. But when it comes to fitness-wise, it's really frustrating for all of us because we all know he'll be fine when we go back. He did it for pre-season in football, saw it really play for my football team, always wins the running, one of those things. You've got players like myself and Liam who have been bashing out loads of like the 5Ks and stuff. Um, 
just for the for our viewers, Liam did just show us both of his biceps, and I did have to zoom in to spot them. <laughs> um, and oh, we've, all, we've all done different things to try and keep ourselves fit, and the different varying levels are going to be massive. I know some players are going to be probably a little bit heavier than they were before. Some players might be a little bit lighter than they were before. Um, and in terms, one thing that's massive is sort of the flexibility of all of us is going to be completely gone. Um, you sort of play, we trained once, maybe twice a week with games. Some of us play football as well. So I, for myself, I used to sort of train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I was doing six days a week and now I'm doing 5Ks and walks. So my fitness was very, very good, despite my deceiving figure. Um, and now it's not going to be as good. And you've got to build that back up. And I think it's right, James, you've got to be careful what you do about um, not going too gung-ho. But at the same time, I know for a fact, the second I get back on that court, I'm going to want to sprint around like a madman because I absolutely am dying for it. I've seen it at school, um, back teaching the past couple of weeks. Whenever the kids have got a chance to play football, first 10 minutes, it is the most intense football you've ever seen from a PE lesson. And then... 15 minutes in it's oh a bit tired <laughs> and that that drastic change is, is quite amusing but yeah we've got to be careful about those kind of things definitely I'm, I'm interested in knowing from both of you what what has motivated you uh to keep up this kind of level of training and level of fitness in in lockdown you know for me personally it is it is purely uh, ready to go back into play you know waiting for the start of the league as I said it's difficult to kind of gauge and judge when uh, that you know when we can actually start playing properly I know we've now got uh, some form of a roadmap and the NFS have kind of uh, pointed out when they'd like us to return to play in terms of the league so it's in, I'm just interested in knowing what what's motivated you to to kind of keep up those fitness levels and keep going with with your training since we've been in, in lockdown. I think for me, definitely, when we, so about a year ago now, it must have been when, obviously, Jim started closing, played our last game of foot, so not until we played in the Bucks Championship quarterfinals. Um, we were training three, four times a week, going to the gym three, four times a week on top, playing games on a Sunday, and then obviously that stopped abruptly. And, um, yeah, I kind of took quite a few liberties, didn't really keep exercising that much when during the first lockdown period, kept eating as many calories as I would if I was training nine times a week. And um, as a lot of you, well, a pair of you saw, especially with my first runs when we started doing the fitness plan, it, I was extremely bloated, let's say, uh, to, not, <laughs> to not call me very overweight, which for my height was very unappealing and uh, no haircut, et cetera, et cetera. It was, it was a bad time for me, let's say. But as soon as we got kind of came out of that situation and um, we started the fitness plan properly and started getting into it, for me, that first bit was obviously I wanted to keep up with everyone else in the group chats, putting their runs in and, um, everyone was doing the fitness plan as a club we kind of made a conscious effort to do it but originally for me it was losing the weight because I, I did balloon up and it was yeah it wasn't nice it wasn't good for the, for the mental side of things either looking at myself in the mirror and thinking goodness me what have you done to yourself um, but then I managed to lose 11 and a half kg which was very nice and obviously then we, it kind of molded into when we came back to outdoor training as well um, and I just felt so much better for it. Just felt so much more flexible. My split saves were much lower, and I was quicker getting up. Um, my form was better, and it just and it meant as well with me. I mean, I don't like to talk about it, as you know, but I have torn my ACL before. Shout out Stuart Cook. Um, <laughs> and recovering from that, it was, I mean, increasingly difficult with the extra weight because just the pressure on the joints, particularly as a goalkeeper, um, I just wasn't helping myself. So losing the weight getting fitter, doing the running, changing my training up instead of doing as much weight training as I was doing. 
Um, I just felt like I was playing so much better and it was just a shame that we couldn't actually showcase that because I think you'd all agree that we were all playing significantly better a lot of because James I know you shed a lot of weight as well and cut down so I think yeah not being able to showcase it was a shame but yeah first of all doing it to lose the weight and get fit again and then seeing the results of that in terms of my actual foot sale has just kept me motivated to do it to be honest. I think I think that was that has definitely been the most difficult part in terms of as I mentioned we did that fitness plan um I said in, in the first lockdown and we almost at the end of that all you know potentially kind of peaked in fitness and then all, all kind of expecting you know the return of play uh, at some point around then it didn't come and then I felt uh, we were I think we were by then as well we were training outdoors and I felt almost that motivation levels those motivation level, levels started to drop almost because it was almost like it's not come we were waiting for it to come that return to play and those motivation levels dropped drastically we started to have a few lower numbers in in training etc so it has been difficult and it has been difficult for for people and as a team to kind of keep up that motivation but I think I think we've we've done well as i said carl mentioned in terms of the the fundraisers we've been doing with the running and and our different kind of individual bits and bobs that people have spoken about i think we've really been on, on the ball with it all i think that the thing to to bear in mind is that everyone's motivations are massively different um and how people work are quite interesting again i'll allude back to to ryan he loves playing football just as much as we uh, futsal or football just as much as we all like playing it but he doesn't have it in him to go out for a run he just can't do it and I know Stammers is very similar and he just doesn't he hates going out for a run it's not because he can't we all know Stammers can run we all know Ryan can run probably two of our best runners um, but they just don't want to do it um, and it's interesting people's different motivation mine was again a little bit similar to Liam's um, I've never been a skinny person since I finished university I've never been skinny I've some would compare me to a Luke Shaw kind of build in that I, I look like I'm unfit because I look a little bit bigger but my fitness levels work I won't lie about it. We're pretty good um, back before. And I was able to run and run and run and be absolutely fine, despite the fact I look like I'm carrying a little bit more than other people. And I sort of noticed after that second, I, can't, I lose track of all the lockdowns, but after one of the lockdowns, um, I went for a run after around Christmas time and thought, oh my goodness me, I've never struggled to run since I was about 18. And I am twenty was 24 at the time, 25 recently. And I thought, I never struggled to run. So for January, I sort of ran... 100 miles through January and then I found my motivation for running dropped because I was always trying to run at my fastest pace and what I've started to do which makes it a little bit more less I don't know how to word it makes it more easier to do basically I don't run at full pelt all the time anymore um, and Liam does give me a little bit of stick all the time in the group chat when I post my runs okay. an easy 5k but when I was always running at my fast pace it was getting to a point where I was like I can't be bothered to go and pelt it out again but happy to run 5k at a five minute kilometer pace and do that regularly and quite enjoy it. And one of the things that sort of motivated me is seeing other people's scores, like Liam said, is seeing other people doing it and thinking, Oh, I don't fancy that person overtaking me because I should be fitter than them. Um, and also I was massively late to the party or podcasts, hence we started doing one, but listening to a podcast going out for a run has changed uh, the way I see running. I before I listened to some horrendous music and, trying to get myself pumped up for it but now running sort of a little bit less intensely and doing the, the podcast makes it a bit more enjoyable um obviously I play football as well um and my football club have decided not to go back into ed playing any games so there was there was a point before the nfs come out and said we were playing where i thought i'm not gonna get to play any games and your motivation levels do sort of drop 
uh, which is why we've again we try the fundraisers, try and work for different people. I know Suarez and the ladies team; she's put together a program which has been offered to the men as well. And I know a couple of the men have been doing it, where you can sort of get involved and develop your fitness. Quite similar to the program we did before. That program was sort of designed by Sean and myself and Malk, trying to the high intense things. And like I like what you said, James, about the sprints. It's got to be careful with them because a couple of people had never done sprint training, went straight into it, and things are tweaking, things are going that haven't gone before. Um, and what I'd say to people listening is just do what interests you. I know um, people like Ryan, for example, go down to my local field and there's like a clubhouse, football clubhouse, and just kicks the ball against the wall and he'll do that for hours upon end instead of going for a run. And you probably end up burning similar amount of calories in the end. And it's probably better for you in terms of ball manipulation than going for a 5K. Um, I've joined in with him on occasions. I've done runs on occasions. I know Stammers and Kim, um, obviously living together because they are basically happily married. Um do a lot of hit workouts. <laughs> um, they are big fans of a hit workout. They really do smash it with what they've doing. I think they've done a hit workout every day now for or nearly every day for like 50 days or something. Um, so looking forward to seeing Stammers finally bulge a bicep, which since I've known him for seven or eight years, I've never seen a bicep on the boy. So it'll be interesting to see. And I'm actually really excited just to get back. And again, people's fitness levels will be different. Um, the one thing you cannot replicate is that training or that game pace. Like we'll go back to playing the game. There's nothing that can match that. You can go for four minute on, two minute off runs, and you can go for two minute on, one minute off runs, whatever. You're never going to match that pace because you've also got to think about a ball. You've also got to think about decision making. You can't, you can't really, you probably could if you tried hard enough, I guess, but it's really hard to replicate it in a individual training scenario. So I'm absolutely buzzing to, to get back involved and get back playing. I know one of the things I've had to look into logistically is our futsal balls because they have taken an absolute beating playing on the, the Astro and the concrete. Um, in terms of playing on these different surfaces, James, how have your, because I know my ankles personally absolutely struggle big time. I've got the most glass ankles in existence. How has your body struggled previously on these different surfaces compared to your classic Bedford futsal hard court, wood court? For me, for me, it's been, it's not been, it's not been too bad. Um, I've had, again, I've had, I've had a few conversations with people in regards to it's going to be, interesting uh that first kind of training session back indoors because kind of that training outdoors on both kind of hard court and astroturf you're kind of constantly uh having to think about kind of different elements of the court whether it's kind of wet uh whether it's uh, dry because i know on the um on our astro one in in the cage when it's dry it's very very grippy it's almost too grippy at times uh, so, so you always having always having to kind of compensate for, for things whether it's wet or too grippy. So it's going to be interesting that kind of transition indoors to see how people react to it and how long it might take us to kind of uh, adapt to it overall. But for me, in terms of kind of training uh, on the both kind of hard courts and and um, the kind of astro as well, it's, it's it's been fine for me on the body. Uh, I think running for me has helped that kind of running, especially at the start. I kind of I did pick up a few injuries as we mentioned, especially with the sprinting. The sprinting is something I've kind of come back into now, kind of doing box sprints ready for hopefully to kind of start a play soon. But overall, for me, it's it's not been too bad. I'm sure come the first training session, I know I'll probably tweak something, which will be <laughs> great after all the hard work we've all put in. But no, it's been fine for me. What about you? Yeah, I think for me we. Yeah, like you say, with the weather conditions, I've I largely used it to, to my advantage a lot of the time. So particularly when coaching Suarez, a women's keeper, we did obviously a lot of one-to-ones, me and her kind of getting used to her. I mean, she was an amazing shot stopper already and 
um a, just an animal that exudes confidence really isn't she so she <laughs> yeah. the, the base was already there the base was very much there um so it was just kind of getting used to the, the shapes and different kind of actual elements of foot style goalkeeping as opposed to just kind of being in the way and being an additional player because as we know she used to play outfield and then made the transition into playing in goal which is similar to kind of my story as well so as, particularly with when it was wet that's when I made sure she would do split saves just because it was just easier to slip across the surface. Um, it was almost helping her get into her shape better by going into the split, but her kind of foot that was going down, so her outstretched leg was slipping across the surface. So it actually made her go down lower and make a better shape. And then when it was dry, she actually got used to doing it the other way. So she was actually performing better without really realizing it. Yeah. So that was handy. Um, that was just it was just a coincidence that that worked in our favour. Otherwise, I think obviously it went like James said when it was a bit too grippy. There were times I remember we played the friendly against uh, MK Mavericks, and the shot came up to me, it deflected, and it was kind of looping up, but it like needed to be parried away. Obviously, I'm not the tallest, so I don't want to trust it jumping up and challenging a 50-50 with someone. But my feet just got stuck underneath me. I couldn't couldn't seem to move because it was so grippy, and I had to kind of. Um, fashion some sort of little hop uh, it probably looked absolutely ridiculous I had to palm it away with my reverse hand and um, those are the factors that you you just hope that when we get back on court similar to like you guys or well, me as well distributing the ball passing it and it'll take a little bobble off a I don't know off a sweet wrapper or off a piece of print like we said before <laughs> or like someone would, someone would slip because the court's wet or it's just anything like that you'd like to think that all of that's eradicated and then you can just focus on all of the actual aspects of the game like we tried to do and we were getting better at but as I said before we never got the chance to showcase it not just to everyone but just to ourselves we never got to prove to ourselves look we're doing so much better now mm. but we just, we just couldn't see that because we were playing on an outdoor surface in a cage next to a bunch of teenagers that were skateboarding so <laughs> it, it just yeah it, it was a shame but I, in terms of the actual, yeah, actually what we're talking about, oh, before I've gone off on a massive tangent, we, um, body-wise, fine, I think. Just, again, obviously you'd be stiff the next day, as you always are, though. I think I am anyway, regardless of how much I foam roll and stretch. I've always got a, a little ache or pain somewhere. Um, but definitely not carrying the extra weight and definitely having that kind of higher level of um, cardiovascular fitness has definitely helped. Absolutely. And again, that, building up that cardiovascular fitness is going to be massive. And like we've mentioned, you can be fit to run. You can run 5Ks, 10Ks and be fit for that. But being fit for football is a whole different or hit for futsal is a whole different ball game. Both, both are massively different and it'll take us a fair bit of time to get back to that. One of the things Liam lightly touched on there was the development both our teams made. Um, our ladies team in particular, oh, and our men's actually, both so much better in possession now. Um, our men's team sort of prided ourselves on being a high-pressing Red dynamic kind of team enjoyed one v ones didn't so much enjoy keeping the ball because we couldn't do it very well um and the ladies were very much a without paying any disrespect to them more like a jose Mourinho side who liked to get behind the ball and try and spring a sort of counter in the way they played they weren't great at keeping possession either um the ladies from coaching them one of the most frustrating things is they couldn't go and play on a court against other teams and see it because the stuff they were doing compared to what they were able to do was in incredible they'd worked so hard with Jackie in, in the court pre-lockdown at defending and their defensive shapes pretty pretty decent to be fair um, but in possession they 
struggled because they focus so much on not being in possession. They're not great in possession. So we did a lot of work on the sort of having a, a three at the back or you have like a deep man or two wider players and how you get out from those positions, working on sort of press breakers and, and stuff like that. Um, and so frustrating we couldn't get back playing. James sort of mentioned earlier as well, we were all so fit and so ready. We were peak fitness levels. We'd done that programme. We'd done all this training. We were really getting really good. And then another lockdown came. We were like, ah, for God's sake. Um, for the men as well, we were playing some good stuff and playing for Bedford for that would have been, well, this season is my third, will be my third, depends if we play or not, I don't know. Um, I've never played the team that's had the ball so much. I've always been used to having to get it, give it, get it, give it. It was always quite, um, Malk always alludes to a 100 mile an hour rubbish is his favourite word to describe us. So okay. 100 mile an hour attacking, 100 mile an hour defending, and there's no in between. Um, it's just pure chaos all the time and having that sort of keeping possession um, and keeping the ball and sort of maybe changing the tempo every now and then, which is handy, has helped us quite, quite a lot. Um, I'm just dying to see it in action. Yeah, I, th- I, I completely agree. And I think what we've managed to build upon now with a couple of the development, younger players coming through, uh, men's and women's that is, um, we've now got a variety of players within our kind of core squad, if you like, that more than, likely to be involved every match day um, that can change those tempos just depending on who's on the court. So, for example, if it is the kind of Uni of Bedfordshire um, graduates that are on, they probably are going to go 100 miles an hour and go absolutely mental, um, pressing, <laughs> trying to get shots away and just really gunning for it. And then people like, it's no disrespect to anyone, it's just the way I see it and I think everyone would agree with it. And then you likes of Sean, James, probably P, Sam Smith as well come on probably settle it down a bit and mm. give me kind of chance to lower my heart rate as well because if you guys are constantly counter-attacking and being countered that means that I've got to be ready constantly which I am don't get me wrong I'm yeah I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that but uh, if I can help it I'd like to be <laughs> I'd like to be as relaxed as possible and just actually focus on saving shots and not being concerned about people kind of flying back and forth around the court it knackers me out watching it so yeah. it can't be great for you <laughs> It must be really taxing. But um, just to touch on again, just the women's. I know we've spoken about it a bit with Kim and Sophie all those episodes ago. It feels like a lifetime now. Um, and we've kind of spoken about it with different people. They they did benefit, definitely. And it's not blowing our own trumpets because we had four coaches there. It was me, you, Carl. Um, I think James came a couple of times when the men were training afterwards. And we had Stammers there, of course, and Jake as well. Um that individual focus and just kind of different outlooks on the game. So learning what the block was, how to use it, how do you play out of press, right? Why is he shaped like this? And then just pulling people over individually to actually talk about their needs, their skills. Um, We just honed in that kind of one building relationships throughout the club, which is massively important. And we didn't really have the chance to do that before, um, even before the pandemic. But having that individual focus, much like we've managed to have now in the men's team, it's greatly benefited everyone. And I think, yeah, like you say, it's just a huge shame that nobody really got to show anybody else that we could do it. But the time will come and hopefully we've not forgotten everything. We're not taking any steps backwards. As long as people are keeping themselves fit, which I know most people are, um, it's just going to be getting used to, it's the same as always, isn't it? Like James said, touches on the ball, getting back to playing, getting that ball under your foot, moving around, you know, getting back into the technicalities of the game. Um, it will come back sooner than we think, but that first session is is likely to be that the quality is going to be 
below ground. Horrendous, yeah. It's going to be horrendous. It's going to be really bad. <laughs> we've all been giving it big spuds on here, saying how good we got. I bet your money will go back yeah, to we've been playing so our first good, game and yeah. we'll, get, we'll get absolutely, absolutely done in. No, I think it, it'd be really... I'm so excited to get back playing and not just, again, for the playing side of things. The, again, the team, we sort of mentioned before that we have quite a competitive nature within our team. But actually, I think as time goes on, we do realise as a team, we do get on really well. There is no animosity. We have arguments. Or don't get me wrong, I absolutely bicker with my brother and other players a lot. Um, but that's only because we care about the game. Um, not because I'm a horrible person, not because they're horrible people. The reason people get so wound up is because we all enjoy it so much. And I've missed having those rows with James about turning round and walking off the court and round the court doing his weird, like the James Grant stroll when something goes wrong and I've missed arguing with Ryan when he's just chatting nonsense and I've missed telling Sam to stop trying to do tricks and I've missed telling Stammers they doesn't have to shoot every time <laughs> all those things that have happened and gone through I've it's those things that we miss getting back to and again it's the whole oh are we being, are we being horrible to each other or are we being do we dislike each other of course we don't we all get on so well as a group and it'd be good to see each other and I can't wait for Liam to save all my shots again when we come back and for him to make a massive deal out of being able to save something for once. It's so easy though. Yours are just yeah, <laughs> really nice, really nicely, softly tried to bend them into each top corner and like, yeah, just palm that one away. Yeah, and then the arms. absolutely welly one. Yeah. With <laughs> a little arms, I have to hop towards it more than anyone else. But <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think like you say, like, obviously we, we have started gelling much better as a team. I, I personally don't like any of you, but I, I'm in it for myself, <laughs> which is fine. Um, we've got a good balance. <laughs> we've got a good balance. Um, yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't care about any of you personally. Um, but, yeah, as long as I'm playing well, then that's absolutely fine. <laughs> what about you, James? Have you missed us? It's not missed you with your slide tackles. No, I'm, I'm only, I'm only, I only ever turn up to training to wind up Ryan. That's all I'm there for. That's all I'm putting in those hours of training just to stay in the team, just to wind up Ryan. That's all. That's, that's the only reason. Don't you worry. He's so easily done. He's been practicing throwing verbal abuse at me for when you're back. So get yourself ready, mate. Um, I think that rounds us <laughs> off nicely for our our episode on return to play. A um, couple of things to sort of plug before we end the episode. Firstly, is obviously to pass the pod. Um, this time to anyone who wants to get back into playing futsal. I know we've had a couple of players interested in getting involved. Um, players from all around, like from different countries, backgrounds, locations. And at the minute, we're just like about getting people involved. People's mental health is far too important at the minute to worrying about, oh, we're Bedford, we don't let outsiders involved. At a different point, we can decide about letting them in. But for now, it's about getting back playing. Um, on the note of plugging stuff, we've obviously got a couple of things going on. We first got our raffle with some amazing prizes that are involved. I had a friend from work who's donated free Bella Beat uh, devices, smart jewellery, which are worth £90 each, which you could win from a raffle ticket, which is only £2.50. Um, proceeds 50-50 split between the Bedford Football Club and Will and Hospice. Other prizes include England training gear, a nice big bottle of vodka, which I'm sure James would like to to drink i'm sure bottles of champagne itunes vouchers a framed bedford futsal shirt there's 30 prizes they're all on the raffle and they'll be all over our social media so do get involved in that we've also got our second war zone tournament to celebrate the end of lockdown three and hopefully the last one on the 27th of march on the saturday that was been that was a really successful event last time and any interested parties just getting hold of us on twitter as well or facebook or instagram or whatever other social media you can think of we're probably on it um and then finally, we've been running from Bedford to Zagreb 
to virtually run, of course, not literally, because that would be impossible, um, to get to the Champions League final, which is the Futsal Champions League final, the most important one. No one cares about whether Liverpool win or lose it, to be honest. The Futsal Champions League final, which is being held in Zagreb, which is a thousand night, two mile journey. We're almost there. We've got 300 miles to go, um, even donating a couple of pounds, whatever you've got. I know it's a really tough time for everybody. It will make a massive difference to our club and to um, Willing Hospice as well. And I know Aaron Kelsey will really really appreciate it but no thank you very much everybody for for listening to us today continue to pass us on and me james and liam will speak to you all next time you've been listening to the griffin's nest a podcast by bedford futsal club